When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. You know, I, I need to correct it. You know, I need to finish the season with a different uh, different story, you know, regarding the interceptions. So that's something that I need to uh, to improve with the remaining games we have. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I, and I, I don't know that I'd limit to the interceptions. I think it's just the entire, you know, offensive performance. We just need, you know, I, I need to be better. We need to be better. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. We all, all of us need to be better. We just, all of us, really, in yeah, life. Because we be all better. make 66 mil over two years. We all throw game-changing interceptions yeah. in the first 30 seconds of a football game. All of us. Not all my fault. Anyways. Um, hey, Corona Heart Seltzer's in the house. It is. There he is. Yeah. yeah. Actually, what would be your, your favorite option at quarterback against the Packers? A can of Corona Heart Seltzer, like Cherry, just mm-hmm. standing behind Garrett Bradbury, or Kirk Cousins at this point? Oh, Cherry. He's not, he's, not, he's not throwing an interception in the no, first 30 he's not. seconds. he's not. And you can go back and watch the film, and you'll see that Cherry Cronahard Seltzer had all the right reads and did all the right things that he was supposed to do. And, yeah. and the best thing about the Cherry Cronahard Seltzer, or the mango, or the lime, or tropical lime, is they don't make excuses about looking at the film. They know the results that you're getting right away. They're, just, they're ready for you. So I, I respect that out of Cronahard Seltzer. PFF rating, always strong for 100. Cronahard Seltzer. 100. It's a perfect rating because it's the only hard seltzer. Made with pure beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Grona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spiked sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Grona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spiked sparkling water with natural fruit flavor imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. You know what I want? I want, if the Vikings are going to subject us to this crap for the rest of 2020, I want Corona hard seltzers in the press box. Game day for us. You, that? you can sneak some. Because Declan gets to drink them during the show, True. the post-game show for Ventline. I want them for all of the media, my brethren as well, so we at least can take the edge off the crap we're seeing on the field. Sneak them in there. Be the hero that everybody needs, Dead so good. <laughs> in that press box. <laughs> Football. But they're going to the air. Off the play, fake, and it's intercepted right off the bat by Deion Jones. If he set on third and nine. And that ball is intercepted at the 40-yard line. Going down to cradle it, A.J. Terrell. That ball hit and intercepted. And Kirk Cousins has thrown three picks in the first half. This time 
it's Aluakon with his first career interception. The reality is if if the pace you know that I'm on in terms of the interceptions, if that were to continue, uh, you know, I I won't finish the season. I won't, you know what I mean. So uh, there's a little bit of you know you got to improve. Whether it's them telling me, hey, we got to improve, or or them pulling me, you got to get better, and and uh, that'll be what the rest of the season will be about for me. Welcome in to Purple Daily. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing in the house here. And before we get into anything, two things. All right. Th- thing number one, uh, thank you to everybody for for a great therapy session yesterday on Vikings Vent Line. That was, that was awesome. I think it was the most people we've ever had watching a live episode on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. Of Vikings Vent Line. Some awesome fans came into the video with us. And so we're going to keep that going on a weekly basis after the bye. But the second and most important thing is more of, I don't know if it'd be like a warning or just like like a parental guidance type of a warning for the audience here. That if you are still a Kirk Cousins defender after what we saw on Sunday, this is not the episode for you. So if you are still clinging to Kirk Cousins as a franchise quarterback and the future solution for the Vikings, you may want to either have your earmuffs or you may want to just skip ahead to the next episode or the next video. All right, just want to throw well, that. What if we can help them now. though? If if we can you, help you, gotta, you, you gotta divorce yourself, divorce yourself from your your current stance on Kirk. Well, that's up. Listen, like we're therapy, man. We're we're here to help. We can lead a horse to water, but we can't make him drink, right? Isn't that what they say? Don't. Declan's terrified oh, of horses, I'd, though. And so. I am good at drinking, so I don't know if that half of that is true and half Look, of that is not. Smart people who are aren't the people who obviously listen to this show are open minded. Sometimes about quarterbacks, sometimes about sports in general, or sometimes about politics. And you know what they do? They change their mind. When they hear the facts, they change their mind. Persuasive arguments, right? Sure. That's what I learned at Benilde. Persuasive arguments. By the way, okay, I drive by Benilde on a regular basis because I live in that neck of the woods. Yes, can somebody my high school. Can somebody wash the, like, 40-year-old, like, orange brick stain off the side of that school? Yes, I know what you're talking about. What is happening? Yeah. That's not That's not the Judd Zolgad school that the, I remember. Yeah. That's the look. That's not the BSM I know. That's the look of the school. It looks like it, oh, it used to look way worse too. Oh, okay. oh yeah, that school used to look way back in <laughs> my day when, when it didn't cost as much to go. We were not looking as good. Very rusted out. So, all right. Well, um, I think we should fire up some appropriate music here and just get right into Vikings statements after another loss, probably the worst loss of the season hey, you so held far. Them Twenty points, man. Yes, you sir. gave us a chance at the end, but I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! All right, I'm going to start there, and and we, we talked about this on Ventline postgame as well, but I'm just going to start by saying this. Kirk Cousins needed to be benched at halftime. He was 8 of 14, 102 yards, three picks, a 40.5, which was still too good for what we had seen passer rating at that point in time. He needed to be benched for the credibility, to me, of the head coach, Mike Zimmer. Like, you are losing your team if you allow a guy who's playing that poorly just a free pass. And just quickly, because I got this back I, I uh, when I tweeted about this and also did a halftime uh, Judd video, I got back notes saying, well, Sean Mannion sucks. You're not going to play him. No, that's not the point. And by the way, I'm not saying that Kirk Cousins should have been benched at halftime and, and never played another game as a Viking. 
But the credibility of the coaching staff after what we saw for 30 minutes of football was at stake. And they just sort of said, well, let's go out and play, to which I think the players were like, well, that, that's fine, but we are done. So Kirk Cousins needed to be benched at halftime in this game. So let's go down that path for a second here because because I think a lot of people did misconstrue when you said that yesterday. And by the way, Cordy Cronin said that too. I saw her tweet out, it's time to bench Kirk Cousins in the second quarter yesterday. I come from the camp that says, well, what's like is benching him just going to like make us all feel better cuz we're all sick of watching him throw interceptions cuz there's there's not another option. And if you want to go down to like the practice squad, listen, Jake Browning, Nate Stanley, the Iowa kid, these aren't future franchise quarterbacks. These are guys that are hoping to be backups in the NFL unless there's a just a major hidden gem surprise that no other team in the NFL has unearthed yet. And Sean Mannion's just like a pseudo assistant coach that happens to be on the roster, right? Like benching Kirk Cousins doesn't then give you the opening to put, you know, the fifth overall pick, like to put Tua in the Sean game Mannion or something, right? Sean Mannion is screeched to Zach Morris. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Sure. You know, he's there, but he ain't going to carry the shell. So knowing that there really isn't a viable thing to watch, it's not like when the Vikings benched Donovan McNabb so they could play Christian Ponder. Like, oh, all right, well, I guess we get to watch the first-round quarterback play now. I don't get that feeling about either of these two young guys that are buried down on the depth chart or on the practice squad. So what is your, is, it, is it mostly for you just to send a message to Kirk and the team, or what can you flesh that out for us? Oh, it's two parts. It's one, Kirk Cousins right now, can talk about being benched because he knows he won't be. Okay? So until that day comes, the, Kirk, Kirk's a guy whose box score, unfortunately, for Sunday's game looks absolutely fine now. And you know what? Kirk's good with that. Like, Kirk looks at that box score. He's like, well, it wasn't very good, but I came back. He actually turned that game into a 90 passer rating. Yes, yesterday. which means nothing. So, so one, it's very much to send a message to Kirk because Kirk, simply put, does not get it. Unless, unless he is confronted with, Kirk, you are being benched. You are awful. You cost us any chance to win this game. And in fact, you were so bad, Sean Mannion now is going to play. Okay, so that's one. So yes, it's most definitely to send a message to Kirk. More importantly, it's to send a message to the team that there are repercussions for sucking. Like the rest of the players, how do you look at Zimmer and take him seriously? He's this hard-ass old-school coach who's not going to bench a quarterback who actively is sabotaging you on purpose or not, and I know it's not, but he's actively sabotaging you for the first half of football, and you're going to tell me. So you're telling me, if I'm Irv Smith and I run a wrong route or two, I'm clearly being lifted, right? I'm out. Okay, that's fine. That's a repercussion for my failures. But a guy making 66 mil who just signed an extension after getting a three-year, $84 million contract suffers nothing? I lose all respect. In fact, if I'm a veteran after that game, the reason why I asked out is because there are there's a double standard here, and I get double standards for players who are really good, who are special players. It might stink, but I get it completely. Kirk Cousins ain't that. So I'm, spo- I'm supposed to hear Mike Zimmer uh, yell and rant and tell me I'm not good, and you're allowing this guy to play the second half and pad his statistics? No, the most important reason to bench him for the second half of that game was to show everybody that there are repercussions for being incompetent at your job. Yeah, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of this with my first Viking statement. So statement number two, I couldn't imagine being Kirk Cousins' co-worker. <laughs> I, I want you guys legitimately, both Declan and Judd, 
And and I want the listeners and the viewers of the show right now to put yourself in this headspace that I'm about to diagram, okay? So you're an NFL football player during a pandemic, nonetheless, in which, you know, all right, you might be young and healthy enough and you're not super worried. But, like, there is a, there is a pandemic going around, and so you've got all that on your mind. But you're off to this one and four start going into the week. So you're trying to dig out of this thing. You're grinding your ass all week at practice. You've lost two close games to undefeated teams, the Seahawks and the Titans, like games that you had, and you just needed something to go right. So you're you're looking to get back on track at home. You're busting your ass. The season's on the line, and you've got a winless Falcons team, a beleaguered winless Falcons team coming to your house, and you got to sleep in your bed and hang out with your family, and this is the week to turn it all around and get back on the right foot going into the bye week. And this dude throws an egregious idiot interception on the first play of the game. Imagine how you would feel as his coworker in that moment, okay? And maybe like if there's enough credibility built up, you know, if if it's Aaron Rodgers throwing a pick six against the Buccaneers yesterday, definitely frustrating if you're a Packers coworker, but you can live with it because that dude's got a ring, that dude's got uh, MVP credibility, he's going to the Hall of Fame, and like. He gets a little bit more of a pass. Still kind of mad that Aaron Rodgers threw a bad interception, but but like you're going to give it a pass. Kirk Cousins has already shown you he can't win big games outside of the one time. And I get it. Like it's great. The Saints game is awesome. He never has to give that back. Never has to, you know, give that pass to Adam Thielen back. But like we can't just keep holding up the one time he did something as the regular example, okay? Need more than one time. And for him to do that on the first play is so symbolic. It would be so frustrating and hard to get over. Like, if I'm one of his teammates right now, if I'm an Adam Thielen or a Riley Reef, if I'm, like, 30 years old and I only have so many more shots in the NFL, I'm just kind of sick of that. Like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you melting down late in games? Why are you throwing an interception off of a week's worth of practice, getting right, getting focused, going to bounce back, and you're going to throw it right into the belly of a linebacker to start the game? Dude. So I just couldn't imagine being his coworker. Like I would be out on that guy. And we've all been there before where it's like, whoa, buddy, that was like the one step too far. I can't trust you anymore. Yeah, that's put perfectly. In fact, I spent the first half of the game watching the sideline at the game fairly closely to see, like, did receivers come over and talk to Kirk? And I swear to God, Phil. He went and either sat down and watched the iPad by the quarterback's coach, and Mannion would stand there. I think he talked to the tight ends a little bit. I'm not kidding you. In the first half, I did not see a a wide receiver come over to him once. And he, he was on the left-hand side of the benches. They were on the right-hand side. And at one point after pick number two or three, I think it was pick two, Thielen actually came off the field and went and stood at the far so stood at the far right sideline by himself. I, yeah. I tweeted out the picture, distanced from everybody, livid. And this comes this comes after Tuesday night uh, during the Buffalo Tennessee game when Diggs is sitting right by who Allen, the quarterback from Buffalo, and they're talking and they're talking about. I mean, nobody. I I can't say this enough. No receiver talked to Kirk Cousins, and he didn't talk to them. That, to me, does not seem like a really good working environment of communication. And some people are going to say, Judd, you're, Judd you, have a, you have an old gray beard. You're sitting you know, up in the press box. So you, you know, how, you know, how are you going to – you're going to sit there and glean body language. And to, to what, I, what I would say is 
I agree with you. I think there are definitely things to be observed by watching body language and interaction and communication. Yeah. 100% there are things to be gleaned. You have to take it with a little bit of a grain of salt. But if something felt fixable and fresh and if everyone felt like they were on the same page, you'd be working and collaborating to fix it in the moment, right? If something felt like it was beyond the point of saving or if it was just like the same things that are going wrong or the same coworker that you don't trust anymore, are you going to go out of your way to try and collaborate and fix it? Or are you going to say, well, here we go again and isolate yourself, right? So I'm not saying 100% that like there's a major issue behind the scenes there, but I would not be shocked. And I know how I would feel if something like that happened and I kept getting let down or I was let down in that kind of a way to start a game like that. So, yeah. Declan, now what's your, what's your first statement? Statement number three here. Yeah, mine is embrace the tank. Finally, like, I, I, have, I have really come to terms with it. Like, I've always been <laughs> open to it. I've always been open to the idea of, all right, let's just... Let's get out of this season. Let's just get out of it. And you know what? Yeah, there is there some win is there some teams on the schedule that you should be able to beat. But with the performance against the Falcons, do you really think they can beat the Jaguars? Do you really think they can beat the Lions twice? For God's sakes, the Bears, by the grace of God, are five and one because of that defense. I'm really opening to the idea that I don't think it is going to be typical Vikings, they'll figure out a way to win six games. I think this team is really bad. And you know what? Go and be bad. Only win three or four games. Put yourself in a position. I don't know if you're going to get the number one overall pick. And to be honest, I think it's just going to be an insane uphill battle because the Jets are so bad. And so are the Giants. But you can put yourself in great position to be in the top five. I think that is a realistic target. That's not an outside target. So embrace it. Embrace being this bad because you're going to get a top five pick. And is the fifth overall pick going to get you the game-changing player? Maybe, maybe not. But it's putting you in the resources if you want to move up to find the guy you want. Puts you in the mix. So embrace it. it. I love it, Declan. Embrace the tank. I I love it. And this is why this week you are actively trying to trade veteran players. Because embracing the tank means removing opportunities to win games, right? It's kind of like when you're trying to lose weight. What's the first thing you do? Take the chips out of the pantry, right? You don't want to be tempted. Yeah, it's tough to do. Though. You got to really take hard. take I the Riley those. Reef out of the pantry. You I don't. Love those you don't want Anthony tempt- Harris, right? You Ant. You can't be tempted. Ant's got to go. You can't be tempted to play uh, center field over the top or to block that edge rusher. You got to get rid of the guys who are competent. Uh, and I would say, you know, off of the point that Declan makes, <laughs> embrace the tank. Sunday was a day of acceptance for many Vikings fans. I think a lot of a lot of us, you know, had had already decided after the first couple of weeks. Oh yeah, the season's going in this direction. Let's let's lean into it and let's follow as Judd, as Judd put it, the natural selection process of the <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. And I think if you weren't already there, Sunday should have been a day of acceptance for you. And it was a, it was a beautiful day for for those of us who've already accepted it. Yes. Um, and now with clear minds. <laughs> I love how you put that. Clear minds and full hearts, we can all start playing <laughs> for the future of the Minnesota Vikings Whoa. here. And uh, and one more note on this, too. Actually, here's I'll throw another statement out here, okay? okay. <laughs> it's okay to root for losses if you're rooting for long-term gain as a Vikings fan, okay? I said this on Ventline yesterday, but... I think it's so hard for fans sometimes to wrap their head around like rooting for their team to lose in the short term because sure. it goes against your DNA as a fan. Like, how can you? I'm not going to root for the Packers, right? Listen, if you want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl, they've never won a Super Bowl. If you want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl at some point, yep, they have to get a quarterback 
that's on a different level and makes a different amount of money, they need they need to bolster the roster. They need a better quarterback. They might need a better coach. And these things aren't just going to happen if you make a run and go six and ten or seven and nine. But Vikings fans aren't used to it. That's the problem, right? Because it's so often a competitive franchise. Like it wins nine, you win eight games, nine games at worst. Uh, you know, sometimes twelve games. And so, I think getting your head around what we're asking is very tough. Because it's like, well, the team's the team is never that bad, but now they are. Two thousand and eleven. Embrace opportunity. Well, how, you don't beat Washington and Carolina. You get Andrew Luck. He might still be healthy. He might still be your quarterback. Yeah. How, so how do you feel about... So I think we've all sort of agreed going into that game on Sunday that this team's not bad enough. Like this team's... I even said there's a path to like seven wins still. If you go and look at the the second half of the schedule and Dak Prescott's out for the season with Dallas, right? Yep. How do you feel now after that Atlanta game? I th- I, I almost think there's a certain mentality too that... You get to a certain point as a locker room where you lose faith in the quarterback or you lose faith in the coach or the whole process, and you're no longer likely to win the game against Jacksonville that you would have if it was played in early October. Yeah, my my feeling about this team changed drastically on Sunday because it was so bad, and they gave up, and their quarterback was awful. Um, That's why if I am... In fact, here's my next statement. If I am Rick Spielman... I am going to remove any issue about who we are and make us as weak as possible to lose as many games as possible. So, so, and this is why Cousins at halftime should have been benched because you need to tell your locker room, you've made my decision for me. You stink. We're done. Okay. So do I re- do I really want Hitman Harry picking off that ball at Green Bay in the fourth quarter and oh, we got a chance to win? Do I really want Ant Harris making some great play or Riley Reef blocking for a quarterback who, if he gets hit from the blind side, I now don't care as much? No, absolutely not. So I think the statement that needs to be made to this team is your performance against the Falcons cleared up any nuance of, are we a seven-win team or are we a three-win team? Yeah. So the statement that needs to be made by the Vikings, and you got to go to the Wilson, tell them you're going to make the statement is, we're done, we're done here, 2020 is done, and and we're not going to tank. I'm going to dump off enough decent players that we're not going to tank. We're going to try and we're going to stink. Yeah, because the sad part is the Vikings, even though they're going through kind of a defensive restructuring and and Neil Hunter is out. They have a ton of star players up and down still. Like they've got three or four star players. Even like Yannick Ngakwe is a star. Harrison Smith is a star. Ann Harris is a star. Uh, Eric Hendricks, star players. Offensively, they got some of the best skill position players in the NFL. And Irv Smith flashed again a couple times. And supposedly they have a quarterback that he's highly compensated. He's supposed to be when everything is going well a top ten quarterback, right? So they got all these things. They're trying to win. They're trying to win. And they're one in five. So I trade like all of those things. Tell you this is this this needs a major jolt in some way. So I trade Reef for a draft pick, ASAP. Ezra Cleveland moves to left tackle. Kirk Cousins comes in. And it's like, what are you doing? What's going on here? Riley was playing well. I say, Kirk, sit down. He says, what? What? I say, shut up and sit down. <laughs> I got some film for you. I play him one play. Phil, you've talked about this play a few times. First play from scrimmage against the Falcons. But they're going to the air. Off the play. Fake and it's intercepted right off the bat by Deion Jones. I said, Kirk, you got really good protection there. And you threw a stupid, irresponsible pass. 
There are repercussions in life, Kirk. The repercussion now, your offensive line just got worse because when it was good, you didn't succeed. And now, and now you're going to get hurt. And now you might get Jeez. killed. And you know what? Good You've God. made your bed, That's Kirk. Dark. You've made your bed. Back to Purple Daily in just a moment after a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years in the state of Minnesota, based in Owatonna. They are one of us, and they take pride in partnering with and helping local businesses. You can find a full list of the industries Federated specializes in at federatedinsurance.com, where you can also find all kinds of trusted resources and uh, write-ups and also contact information to, to track down your local marketing representative. And don't forget to follow Federated on Twitter, at FederatedINS for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics, Federated standing behind business owners and giving them peace of mind. Remember, at Federated Insurance, it's our business to protect yours. Uh, Declan, your next statement. Yeah, and this doesn't contradict what I'm saying, but it, it does. Con- it, it is an issue for the 2019 Vikings when they're trying to be successful, and the Vikings need Dalvin Cook, so that's my statement. The Vikings need Dalvin Cook in 2019 to be successful. Everything flows Tw- through him. 2020? 2020. 2020 I would say me. 2020. But I, I wish it was 2019. But I, disagree, but I disagree now because you're right. I don't want to play him. I hold him out for a month at least now because you're right. They literally need him. Because, but I don't want those wins. Because Madison, who we all thought was going to be a very a, a good back that can spell him, and we all like him in general, they couldn't get anything going against the run. And then when that meant Kirk Cousins had to pass it down their throats, and he's already behind the eight ball, throws yep. a pick on the first play. <laughs> almost said another one. That Dalvin Cook. <laughs> I've done it. Everything has to start with him. And I, I feel bad that guys like Madison and Mike Boone weren't able to like carry that load. And we know that yeah. da- Dalvin Cook is a more dynamic player than that. But... They need Dalvin Cook if this offense wants to work in 2020. And where I think the biggest difference, because yesterday the run blocking was not great yesterday. There was that debacle of like fourth down inside the three-yard line situation where they couldn't get any push. Yep. And I think what you're noticing here, the biggest difference between Dalvin Cook and Alex Madison is when there's nothing there, there's still something there because Dalvin Cook can break more tackles. Mm-hmm. He's just a little bit more elusive and harder to take down. But I don't want him now. Now my, my whole thing is save him for next year. Because the season's done. Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. All right. We're going to play a couple clips here. My statement is Nick Foles might not be as good or talented of an arm or quarterback as Kirk Cousins, but Nick Foles is a better leader than Kirk Cousins, as evidenced by what those guys both said after their respective games yesterday. We're going to play a couple clips. The first one is from Kirk Cousins who's the starting quarterback for a team that's now 1-5, searching for answers. He had probably the worst half of football he's played as a starting quarterback. Uh, this is this is generic Kirk Cousins, leader Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you, uh, I mean, you go back and correct what took place. You talk about it. You, uh, uh, you know, take the coaching that, that you need to get, and, uh, and you need to, you know, be hard on yourself, too, and coach yourself and uh, identify, you know, why mistakes are happening and and correct mm-hmm. them, fix them. You know whether that's um, you know in the way you prepare on the field, off the field. You know whatever it may be. Sounds to me like a guy that he, he's he's sitting there and he's speaking to the media on behalf of an entire locker room after a catastrophic start to the season, both as a team and as an individual. And it sounds like he just wants no part of that role. 
yeah, I just, you know, a bunch of generic things, generic things, yep. low-key energy, and uh, can we go now? Right? And he should sound mad. This is the starting quarterback now of a team that's actually 5-1, and one, shaky offensively, Nick Foles of the Chicago Bears yesterday. Now, we're not going to get complacent and say, hey, man, we're 5-1, and one, this is it. No, like we're, we're sitting there in the locker room after the game talking through it. Hey, we got to be better here. This is what we got to do here. Communication here, route running here. Hey, we got to be able to run the ball here. We know that. I know you're all going to ask those questions. We know that. And that's what's exciting because we don't have to have y'all say, hey, you're doing this. Hey, we know. But we also know that we're going to improve because we believe in one another. And that's what great teams do. Great teams find a way to win a game. Bad teams win with prettiness. Great teams win no matter how it takes. And that's what a real leader sounds like. And and if you're wondering, like, I mean, how can the Philadelphia Eagles win a Super Bowl with Nick Foles? He just kind of morphed into Superman there. Now, do I trust Nick Foles over the course of, like, 16 games? I mean, he hasn't really proven trustworthy over a long stretch, and he's been injury-prone and whatnot. But when it's just what I want to hear from my quarterback and the leadership I would like to have my quarterback exude, and Case Keenum was the same way from a leadership perspective, that's what I want it to sound like. If I'm a player in that locker room, which one of those sound bites am I going to perk up? You know, what's, What's more likely to motivate me as a teammate and a coworker in the direction that we need to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Nick Foles soundbite. I don't know about you guys. And forget the words. Listen to the tone. Yeah, Kirk is monotone. Yes. Kirk is, we are here. We are present. This is what we're going to do. Nick, That's Nick Foles. Nick Foles sounds passionate. He's honest. Kirk is Kirk is just like, I mean, you cannot tell. That soundbite does not, Kirk, what he says, does not tell you if they won or lost that game. Yeah, you... Uh... I mean, you go back and correct what took place. You talk about it. You, uh, uh, you know, take the coaching that, that you need to get, and uh, and you need to, you know, be hard on yourself too, and coach yourself, and uh, identify, you know, why mistakes are happening. And listen and to that. Run through a brick wall for just, that guy. Just monotone, though. I mean, it's the exact same. God. Win or lose his press conference, um, it's the same thing, and that's the problem. I've got one more. I do too. Fire away. Yeah, let's do it. I might have one too. Dex, let's just be here Dex, for all day. Dex, go. go first. Okay. Go first. I all right. I, I made a point last week to keep going for it on fourth down, and I, I want to keep going for it on fourth down. But for the can we stop getting cute on fourth down? Like the Mike Boone one, is, especially is what I'm thinking about, I believe it was fourth and fourth in the goal line. It was fourth and one at, yeah, they at were the like goal? the one. Or, yeah. Yeah, two. And you're in like a split back, weird running back formation. And, and I know Kirk said, like, oh, we've ran that play numerous times and it works. Yeah, it works with Dalvin Cook, not Mike Boone, dude. Like, I don't understand the point if you're going to go for it on fourth down. Don't get cute with your formation. Hand it off to your third string running back. Like, run an actual decent play on fourth down. But I love the aggressiveness. Keep going for it. Just don't get cute. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that like the process of going for it on fourth down. I love that the Vikings have discovered going for it on fourth and short is the right move. Although I will say, early in the game, when I think they were down, maybe even it was either seven nothing or ten nothing, and they had a fourth and one or fourth and two from their own like thirty eight. Yep. And they decided to punt. That bothered me because by punting there, what you're basically saying is, well, we don't want to give the opposing team the ball at the thirty eight yard line. It's like, yeah, but like. They're going to get there anyways. Yeah. So, like, your defense isn't very good. They've got Julio Jones, so you can Absolutely. punt. It'll just take them three extra plays to get there, but they're going to get there, and they did get there. So, But I'm glad that they've discovered, for the most part, going forward. Declan is right, though. Like, have Kirk just dive. Something. I mean, it's not that hard. Okay. 
My last statement for this week is a statement I wouldn't have made a week ago, but I've now decided it's probably going to be true. Mike Zimmer won't be back next season. Oh. They gave him the extension. I realize it's an expensive proposition, and I do not think he's he gets blown out at any point during the present 2020 season, okay, to be clear. So he's not going to be fired today. I don't think he's going to be fired after the Packers game. Um, but there were things that definitely indicated that his tenure was probably going to come to an end if they had lost to the Saints in the playoff game. They did not. They played really well and won that game. And he got a contract extension, which is ultimately going to be a mistake. But I think this franchise, I think it's got some really good components, and I think long-term there are some positives here. But I think Mike's shelf life as a coach here is just about done. What we saw yesterday was really disturbing from a quarterback standpoint, but also from a coaching player standpoint. Yeah, um, I just feel like this thing has run its course, and, and it's going to be an expensive proposition to bounce a coach and, and hire a new coaching staff during a pandemic. But the Wilfs have shown that I think if the circumstances are right, they will do it. So I don't think he's going to get fired in the coming weeks. But I think there's a real case to be made that we are going to see a necessary divorce, which is going to be a mistake to sign him to the extension uh, for the 2021 season. Well, I, I would say this about the Wolves, too. Obviously, they care about business and money. You don't become billionaires if you don't care about business and money. But I actually think at this point in their ownership tenure, they've been owners for 15 years. They're super competitive. Yeah, They've put good teams on the field for the better part of those 15 years. They want to win a Super Bowl. Right, so and I, you talk about sunk costs, which does make sense. Yeah, like you've already, pay, it's already, like you're going to pay for it whether Mike Zimmer's here or not. So if you've determined that he's not the guy that can lead you to a Super Bowl, or if you've determined Rick Spielman is not the guy that can lead your front office to a Super Bowl blueprint, then you might have to make that tough decision. I would say my sense is, and, I, and I'm not reporting this. I'm just like just observing and yeah, listening and whatnot. Go for it. Go with it. <laughs> I think it's more likely that the team itself, so the guys in the locker room, I think it's more likely that they're they're more out on Cousins than Zimmer. And obviously, like if you're out on Cousins, and you might also, by extension, just be out on like the decision makers who put together the team and 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 whatnot. Sure. But I think if like if it were me, I would be more frustrated by. Kirk Cousins not carrying enough water the last three years in the big games and the big spots, and especially yesterday, than I would be Mike Zimmer. Although Mike Zimmer also has had a couple of defensive meltdowns in the biggest spots the last few years too. So I just that. I just sense that his his style and his um, if you choose to call it an act, which you can, I sense it's just aged now. And look, he's six plus years in. That's a long time. He's taken a lot of shots. He's had success. Yeah. Um, but. To, to go back to what we discussed on Ventline yesterday, I think if your name is not Bill Belichick, that you have a shelf life. And at some point, and Mike's a gruff, old school type of coach, and and those guys have a shelf life. The question, that the Pandora's box that I've opened up, and I don't know the answer to this question though, is is the GM going to be safe? Is he going to be allowed to hire the next coach? Uh, is he going? Is it going to be held against him that he's the guy that ultimately gave Cousins the first and second contracts? Mm-hmm. Those I don't know yet. But I just I yesterday was a big time. Oh boy, we give up. That's concerning to see. All right, I, I want to double check this to make sure that this is correct. I would never go against our friend Minnesota researcher on Twitter, but he's brought some great fourth quarter comeback stats to the table here. Sure. So he tweets me this graphic. He did some research this morning, and we can do a deeper dive into this on a future episode of Purple Daily. But 
from 2018 through the first third of 2020. So the Kirk Cousins, Mike Zimmer era. And let's put them both together because wins and losses aren't just a quarterback stat or a coach stat. Uh, it's, 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 I would say those are the two most influential people when it comes to winning or losing football games. Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins. Okay? Okay. The Vikings have played over that stretch 19 games against teams that wound up finishing the season above 500. Okay. All right. How many of those 19 games would you guess the Vikings have won? Oh, it's going to be ridiculously since small. The be- since the beginning of the Kirk Cousins era. 19 games against teams that have finished above 500. I'm going to guess it's um, five. I would say four. It's three. <laughs> I should have gone three. It's three. Darn it, Declan. Think about that. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, he's not beaten Matt LaFleur and the Packers, right? Yeah, I mean, since LaFleur got that job, he, he hasn't beat much of anybody. Like Packers are three and all against them. Sixteen wow. in that in that era. Who are the three teams? Do, does he have that? No, but I'm we curious can, we who can the three teams that are. Wow, that we'll, is. We'll do a deeper dive into this for sure. But um, I've got one more statement to okay. wrap this episode of Purple Daily. Even though the Vikings are kind of a disaster, life is always somewhat sunnier the next morning when the Packers get their asses kicked. <laughs> Packer Vent Line, courtesy of our friends on the fan in Milwaukee. Go, Pack, go! This is the difference between uh, the Packers and the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a high-flying offense. A guy like Le'Veon Bell gets released, and they sign him. They sign him because they're trying to win another Super Bowl after just uh, come back. You just don't see that from the Packers. And I'm sorry, uh been a Packer fan my, my whole life, and I'm just tired of seeing it. When is going to be the right time when we do something to upgrade this team to say to the players in the locker room that we're trying to win this whole damn thing? Go, Pack, go! Le'Veon Bell would have saved that game against the Buccaneers yesterday. You're 4-1. That guy is, is more upset than, than the majority of people that we brought into the vent line stream. And the Vikings get their ass kicked. Well, the people that we brought into the vent line stream, I think, have reached the acceptance point. Sure. And Packers fans are still, I think they're still shell-shocked by the 49ers games last year. Go, Pat, go! Hey, thank you for taking my call. You bet. Um, (laughs) uh, Gary kind of stole my thunder about staring down um, Aaron Rodgers, staring down Adams. Um. I want to go back to Adam's tweet last week before the bye. Oh, I know my body more than the trainers. He deleted the tweet. Now, after the bye, two weeks, Adams and Aaron Rodgers are probably talking, and it seems like Aaron Rodgers threw out the game plan and wanted to get Adams a ball, no matter what. Because, you know, Adams is a big star. I, we're going back. Aaron Rodgers proved me wrong because he played within the system the last four weeks. He gets a star receiver back, and he's targeting them, staring them down. He's not playing in Matt LaFer's system. And I would like your comments because I don't know much. Go, Matt! And then the Z receiver did the ran the wrong route. It was a dig route instead of a, a skinny post. But I don't know too much about the game. I don't know. I don't really know a lot. Why don't you guys tell me? 
Tell me oh, what you guys think of this whole thing. That whole that I love that call. Amazing. I'm so you know what? You're right. <laughs> I just want the Packers to lose, not because I, I hate the Packers. Packer vent line's the greatest thing of all time. It's amazing. Like they gear their whole week, and if the Packers lose, it just ruins the week. So all right, well, that's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. So much more to come. I, I think we can pretty safely say this week is going to be about what should they start to do? Trade speculation. Yep. We're going to put together some lists. This this season is over. It's cooked. What are the things that they need to look at and do to get this thing back on a track that makes you feel comfortable with them potentially winning a Super Bowl again? Because they have gotten wildly off track, you could say. Ray of Sunshine, though, 2021 does not have to be awful. No, it does not. Well, like, like, this, like this is not a, well, it's five years. We'll see in 2025. 2021, wear a mask, draft a quarterback. That's really all we're asking for here. Actually, could we tank get for masks Trevor. that say that? Tank, tank for, for Trevor. Trevor. Let's get it. let's get masks to say tank for Trevor. Okay. Let's let's get it going. You think you and your Hall of Fame quarterback buddy like football? Well, John Gruden and Brett Favre don't just like football; they f- love it. Watch this throw rolling to my left, backing up. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And 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 I make another throw the next. It's like it came right out of heaven. I mean, it had to, I, it like had to drop in like a butterfly with sore feet. It had to drop in like that. Like a what? Football! Football, yeah! yeah. Football! Yeah. Football! Yeah. Football. Yeah. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 1. She was a city girl, but always somewhere else in her head. Somewhere where bison roam, rivers flow, and people get their hiking boots dirty. Like, actually dirty. So one day she fled west and discovered this place of beauty, history, and a delicious taste of adventure. But before she knew it, she was driving away with memories to share and the hopes of returning. Because there's so much South Dakota, so little time.